You're listening to the Good Samaritan Anglican Church Podcast. The following sermon was recorded by Deacon Stephen Edwards on the second Sunday of Epiphany, January 19th, 2020. A reading from the Gospel of John. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, But he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come, and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. So let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning to you all. Our gospel lesson today began with John, John the Baptist, recognition and exclamation of Jesus as the Son of God, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And this is a most significant marker in the ministry of the Word of Christ on earth in the midst of men. And it is a blessing unto the sanctity of our lives. And He is rightly our focus this day. But first, let me share a little bit, more, little bit about John. For even our Lord Jesus, much later in the gospel, spoke of John to his disciples, teaching them, Among those born of women, there has never arisen anyone greater than him. Yet the impact of John the Baptist in our mind may be kind of reduced by the image that we might have of this kind of wild and crazy guy out there in the wilderness dressed in a hare-skin coat, eating locusts and honey, crying out in the wilderness. But this was all for a purpose, and it was for God's purpose. 
So let us recognize that his words were anointed with power. Let me share to you from from Luke. So he said, For he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. So his words were anointed with power for the calling of mankind unto God to prepare them and to refine their focus toward hope in God for the coming Messiah. For this is the fulfillment of the prophetic word of God toward salvation of the world. And thus people came from all around to witness and become a part of these power-filled words and actions which serve to bring hope, hope of a future in God for mankind, of people who were lost in their own way, separated from God by sin, from a true relationship with him, from him who had called them into being, the promise of angels and prophets of God himself was coming into our presence. I suggest as well that this journey to go see him out in the wilderness would not have been taken up just as a kind of lark or a whim. I mean, it wasn't like, hey, let's go hop in the car and ride out and hear that crazy guy that's preaching out there. And while we're there, we'll stop at the restaurant there by the river waterfront and have a nice meal. If were it not that these were the anointed words and the calling of God and the action of God, people would not have gone out to see him. This was an anointed call of God's people. And people responded and came from Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region around the Jordan. Let me read about that from, from Matthew. I've turned to the wrong one. But people did. They came from all around to hear these words because they were anointed of God. For God had, had anointed John and blessed him with his Holy Spirit that he would proclaim the way of the coming Lord, proclaim the way of salvation to come. In God himself. He was there to prepare their hearts and minds to receive him. Now history has taught us that John was the son born to the priest Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth in their advanced years. Both were righteous in the eyes of God, observing all the commandments and ordinances blamelessly. The birth of John was foretold to Zechariah's father by the angel Gabriel, who said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your prayer has been answered. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall name him John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, 
he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even within his mother's womb. Now, do you remember the instance in which that was fulfilled? This prophecy to Zechariah? Well, about six months later, Mary, who becomes the virgin mother of God, who was with child through the overshadowing, overshadowing of the Holy Spirit, who had also been told of this by the angel Gabriel. Mary came to visit Elizabeth and the child, John, in Elizabeth's womb, jumped for joy. Let me share with part of that story to you from Luke. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is all this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Praise be to God. So now let's, having spoken a little bit about John and Elizabeth, Zechariah and the Holy Spirit. Now let's move forward to recognize the majesty and the power of our Lord Jesus Christ who has come into the world, who has come into the world that he created and now proclaimed through God's revelation through John the Baptist. Jesus has the power of salvation and blessing in his hand. He is the procurer and sustainer of our redemption and eternal life. He is the hope of the world. God in man, of whom was prophesied, and to the splendor, for the splendor of his revelation unto those who are ready, ready with hearts open, ready to receive him. He has come into our midst to restore the kingdom of God upon the earth. And to all who believe, he grants the right to become children of God. So let, us, let me further reference who this is. And these will all be familiar words to you. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And in a revelation of himself and his majesty, God who is, who was, and forever shall be, before all things created the heavens and the earth. For as we know, the earth was without form, and it was void, 
and darkness was over the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and that light was the life of men. And God formed the body of a man from the dust of the earth which he had made. And God breathed life into that body. And man was created and had life in him. And man and woman and all God's creation lived and were at peace in all that God had created in the fullness and presence of God's blessing. But as we know in time, the serpent who was more crafty than any other beast of the field, spoke to the woman, distorting, twisting God's word, and so deceived the woman, that the man and the woman ate from the tree of which the Lord had forbidden them. And mankind was separated from God by their own desires, from the presence and glory of God. Mankind, with limited exception, continued to turn away from God, from God's true way of holiness and righteousness, and was lost and in need of a Savior, of one who is God's love and hope for the restoration of man into the image and likeness of God as he had created them. And now, as all creation groaned in hope, in need of the one and only true God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And as John, who came preaching and baptizing for the repentance of sins, to turn the hearts of men towards the Savior, then he saw Jesus, who is before all things and creator of all things created. And now he is coming toward them. And John proclaimed, as God had granted him to see, to recognize the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Let me share that with you from from 1 John. For John 1, sorry. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is the one of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose, for this purpose I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed unto Israel. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. And I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and I have borne witness that this is the Son of God.
So consider for a moment what thoughts come to your mind when you hear the words, Lamb of God. I kind of tend towards this idea of of gentleness and peacefulness and innocence. One who is endeared and one who would be loved. And I guess in part I'm preconditioned with that notion that in order to fall asleep and to rest and be comforted, we would count sheep. So this probably plays into that image that I would have. And yes, these attributes of gentleness and peace and innocence are certainly recognized in the nature of Jesus. Yet those words, Lamb of God, foretell of much, much more. It alludes to his sacrifice, which lie ahead. A sacrifice of purity, of one who is pure and holy. The only one worthy to atone for the sin of man. Now in our culture, we're not accustomed to the offering of these kind of sacrifices, substitutes for ourselves. Animal sacrifice is not a practice common to our experience or in our culture. But sacrifice was regularly performed for sins, for penance, or as a payment, as an offering unto God in hopes of abating the just penalty due to oneself. But yet the innocent Lamb of God was prepared to offer himself that he might reclaim the sanctity of life for the sin of the world from the sin of the world. And as our lesson in Exodus taught us, his blood would be a sign of the Lord's Passover. So to help us kind of internalize this idea of substitution, I thought many of us probably have an opinion, a strong opinion about the death penalty. But how many of us would willingly offer ourselves to be take, take upon ourselves the punishment due that murderer, that he might live and that we would die? An acceptable offering is something that would be deemed worthy and of value and would be counted a loss if we were to give it up, if we were to surrender it as a sacrifice. Of Jesus, John, whose word and actions had become valued and powerful among the people. He referenced himself to Jesus as one of whom that I am not worthy that I would untie his sandals. And we ourselves pray before receiving Christ in the Eucharist and acknowledge ourselves as unworthy even to gather up the crumbs under the Lord's table. Yet we humbly come before him, for he has called unto us, and we have been granted to know him, to know Jesus as Savior, fully revealed as the light, the word, and the all-powerful and sinless Son of God, who asks us to dwell with him, this all-powerful and sinless God, would offer himself for our sins, in substitution for our sins. Now, I have said that sacrifice is not common in our time or our culture, but sadly, I I need to amend those words because to acknowledge that there is a daily sacrifice of innocent ones. 
prevalent in this world today. Every day, unborn children are sacrificed for the unburdening and for the benefit of the parents-to-be. And even the sick and the injured, the troubled, the infirmed, the elderly, all forms of God's loving creation are neglected as a casualty of the complexity of today's life in this world. Instances of heartbreaking, fear, and despair, and suicide, and murder are in the news. However, Jesus, Jesus did not suffer to gain our freedom and intention that we should abandon, neglect, or violate the God-ordained reverence for life. Jesus came that we would have life and live it abundantly to the fullness and in the knowledge and blessing of God. God's unsurpassing love and as a fulfillment of his mercy. Jesus is the all-sufficient sacrifice that we might not be hopelessly bound unto death in a fruitless life of sin. He came that we might be brought into his presence and to the glory of God who himself is light and life. He who the darkness cannot overcome. Glory to God who leads us into this precious and sanctified life in him. Life which the evil one cannot snatch from his hands. For in Jesus, the evil one's grip has been broken, has been loosened from us. Now also we must be careful because we must humbly and prayerfully temper our response to those who regrettably and painfully have taken a painful and tragic wrong turn. Do you recall what happened when the religious leaders brought a sinner before Jesus, the woman caught in the act of adultery? Do we suppose that we are any better off than those to whom Jesus said, you who are without sin, cast the first stone? We have all fallen short of the glory of God. Jesus said to the woman caught in the sin, where are your accusers? For they had all left. None remain to condemn you, nor do I. Jesus came to save us from sin, not to condemn us to it. Our righteousness is in him and not of ourselves. Did he not eat with tax collectors and sinners? As Jesus saves sinners, we must help and encourage those who are at risk and those who are victims of abortion. Now the unborn child that has been aborted, we are left to grant that to the almighty and powerful mercy of God, his grace and his mercy. But that unborn child is not the only victim. The mother, the father, the medical providers, and all, all are in need of God's healing love. Now, abortion is not a simple issue, and the pressures that lead to abortion are awful, often very powerful and desperate circumstances. 
and will only be overcome by the love of God poured out among us and through us, working through us under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We must strive to be a refuge to those who suffer and those who are lost, that their circumstance, their hope may be brought into the light of Christ, to the light of his provision. For our hearts and minds and resources in Christ must be brought to, pair, brought to bear upon the injustices of this world. Are we prepared to see loose in the storehouse of God's mercy that his truth, his righteousness, may bring relief and blessing upon the souls of the lost and the weary? What is it that we hope to offer others? What is it that we have of such great value that can save a dying world? Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, the Son of God given for us, restored to life as the champion over our sin, he who is seated at the right hand of the Father, offering grace and mercy to mankind. Are we ready? Are we willing to offer a sign of his compassion and forgiveness? Are we ready, ready to pray and to help those who have failed? to see that they are not ostracized from God's grace, that they may be set free into a new path of life in Christ. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Christ has come to set the sinner free and to bring him into new life. And we've spoken of the baptism of Jesus by John. We recognize that the coming of the one who is the basis and the only hope of our salvation and the true ministry of the church. This was an event so crucial to our life in Christ that is recalled in the sacraments of the church. John made his humble and reverent confession unto Jesus, Lord, I am not worthy of you. Yet Jesus encouraged him and welcomed him to follow through in the work that he had been called to do that together they may fulfill all righteousness. And that in Christ's church we receive acceptance in our confession, which opens the way to forgiveness and the seal and the anointing of God's Holy Spirit to enter in the lives of our souls. The souls may joyfully, joyfully and eternally renewed in God. So I remind you that God is equipping us in the power of his mercy to the present anointing of his Holy Spirit that his life and truth may enter in and that he shall not fail. Let me close from these words, encouraging anointed words of the Apostle Paul as we heard from 1 Corinthians today. It says, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace that, of God that was given you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you are enriched in him, in all speech and in all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, Guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This has been a production of Good Samaritan Anglican Church in Middleburg, Florida. For more sermons, sermon notes, and information about our congregation, please visit www.goodsamaritananglican.org slash sermons. If this podcast has been helpful to you, please subscribe and leave us a review with your favorite podcast player. Thank you for listening. God bless you.